There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the drink talking with the thinking drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon. And mistress of wine, Sam Caporn. All the booze, news and views. From absinthe to Zinfandel. The drinks cabinet is now open. Hello and welcome to our podcast, It's the Drink Talking, a podcast all about drink. We will be pouring drink information into your ears over the next half an hour or so. And today we have our three experts. My name is Tom Sandham. I am one of the thinking drinkers and my expertise is uh, spirits and cocktails. And I've been writing about them for the last 15 years, won awards, written books, uh, so know the subject very well. And I am joined by my fellow uh, thinking drinker Ben McFarland. Hello, Ben. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm the beer guy. I've been writing about beer for well, a very long time. I've been named Beer Writer of the Year on three separate occasions. Uh, you've got to get that in there. Um, that's a pretty big deal. I've been working with Tom since 2007. Too many years. Too, too many years. And uh, we first wrote a book about the West Coast beer scene called Good Beer Guide West Coast USA. And we now do a comedy show. We do a comedy show called Thinking Drinker's Guides. And we'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe doing that this summer. Uh, and we are also joined by the great Sam Caporn. Uh, so I'm Sam, I'm the Mistress of Wine, and I'm one of 356... Ooh, thank you. Stuff the mark. Masters of Wine in the World. And I'm basically a wine uh, consultant and expert. Um, been doing some presenting on Saturday Kitchen and Ooh, television. Thanks. Mm. And uh, wine judging and all kinds of things. And I have had the pleasure of seeing the boys do their show in Edinburgh. And I can verify that it's hilarious, yet entertaining as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. And informative, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all of the above. Highly recommend it. There we go. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> That's a nice bit of PR for us. Thank you, Sam. Uh, so our podcast is all about drink and we're going to have various sections. Uh, and the first section today is Spit or Swallow, uh, which is all about things we like or dislike in the world of drink. And as I'm a spirits guy today, I'm going to do a spit or swallow on spirits, folks. Does that sound of interest to you? <laughs> Absolutely, Tom. Good. Kick it off. 
Good. Do I'm going to start. Talking. I'm going to start with a swallow, mm. uh, which is something that I like. And this is the office, office, office. <laughs> oh, <dear>. It's <laughs> about start. We haven't even had a drink. Office of National Statistics mm. has put gin in its shopping basket. Now this means the shopping basket is the Consumer Price Index. And is this the new edition? It is. It's this year's edition. It calculates the average price increase as a percentage for 700 different goods, which sounds dull, but <laughs> gin has made it in there. And as well as a, a sort of a guide on inflation, it also shows us the We're sorts of things gin. that are of interest yeah, to people to consume um, trends. Last time around, it was craft beer. Well, in. there we go, Ben. Yeah. I was going to just give you a run-through of some <laughs> of the things that have made it in there since its inception in 1947. Uh, in the 40s, it was corned beef. Nice. Mm. Yes, lovely stuff. Tasty. In 1956, it was NHS prescriptions. Mm. You believe that? Put that in a basket. You wouldn't put it in a basket unless you're very sick and in the supermarket. I don't know why you'd put that in that basket. (laughs) 1960s was fish fingers. Yum. Love a fish finger. (laughs) 70s. We'll move on. 70s was the party seven beer can, Ben. So there's one for you. I Uh, I love cans as well. That came from Watney. Seven pints of beer in one can. Lovely stuff. And cassettes and smash. Mashed potatoes made it in. Oh, I thought you meant uh, the magazine. Uh, the, uh, with the robot. <laughs> the robot. That's it. Yeah, it's nice, actually. I used to eat it at university. 1980s, duvets, muesli and chinzano. You can't get a duvet in a shopping basket. <laughs> no, but it came with muesli and chinzano. <laughs> oh, what you said love I mean, There's a night in. That chinzano, is special. Chinzano. Kinzano? Chinzano? Chinzano. 1990s fromage frey. Je m'appelle. <laughs> Bonjour. Uh, my kids still love that shit. 2000s, the chicken nugget and rose. Oh! One for you. There's Sam. <laughs> right. uh, so there we go. And two thousand. she's a master of wine. <laughs> she loves <laughs> a bit of rose. Mistress of wine. Mistress of wine. Is it, nice. uh, there is a... No, no, no. Actually, they are all called masters of wine. Yeah, I was going to say. Mine's a pun on being a bird. Yeah, oh, but it's no, like it's you can't say, like um, you, well, you shouldn't say uh, uh, actress. Now, no, you, you technically. You describe people and you're an actor. Actor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly the same. So okay. you're called Without Mistress of Wine, but you're in fact a Master of Wine. Correct. All right, let's yeah. get back to, yeah. anyway, Sorry, back to the basket. Anyway, uh, so this year it's gin, which was sort of much maligned in the 80s. Blue rinse, old ladies used to drink Twins it. People thought pearls, it made you depressed, didn't they? Oh, People Mother's Ruin. Say, mother's, I mean, Mother's Ruin going back to the 1750s, is, that was a fair comment. Uh, I think every man, woman and child in London in 1723 was drinking a pint of gin a week. Lightweight. So, yeah. <laughs> but in the 80s it had lost its way a bit, so it, now it's cool again. If mm. you know anything about drink now, if you're a gin and tonic drinker, you probably know this already but uh, we'll talk about gin in more detail in another podcast and we'll do a tasting does the fact that it's been put in an inflation basket mean that it's kind of had its its peak and now I mean just look at Smash and uh, NHS NHS prescriptions still pretty pretty well and they're getting bigger for you Ben (laughs) (laughs) so you need to you need to watch out (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean it does mean that but they've said also that it's because hipsters are drinking it so I mean that must mean it's cool because hipsters are obviously (laughs) quite cool cool. they have avocado on toast and beards beards. they have smashed avocado no, oh, sma- maybe that like it. maybe it could really be sma- smash could be for hipsters. The green robot. 
Uh, so there you go. Gin is good. So I'm I am swallowing gin mm. this week, and I am spitting the things that what I are don't. You spitting, I'll tell you Tom? what, I'm spi- I'm spitting mad, Ben. Really? I'm <laughs> spitting the overdoing of theatre in the world of cocktails. Oh, there's been yes. a lot about that recently. Well, as well as spirits, we will be talking about cocktails in this podcast, and I'm not talking here about the sort of liquid nitrogen cocktails, which you may have seen in the in the press over the years, which are bad, potentially fatal, particularly if they're done they? badly. Mm. Yeah, if people don't know what they're doing, one girl had her stomach removed uh, because it was was just pretty bad stuff. So, um, no, I think it's more the style over substance that I'm talking about here. This idea that we overdo it, we take too long making the drinks. And it was brought to my attention best when we were in a bar recently. Uh, We do bar reviews for the Metro, don't we, Ben? And uh, we had to go to a bar. And I won't name and shame it, but (laughs) Ben ordered a drink. And um, it looked nice. It was a smoky sort of cocktail. Uh, But it came in a glass that was the shape of a pipe. And it was actually smoking when he got it. Oh, yeah, it sounds fabulous. And he had, to, really he had to drink it one. out of this pipe and look like a prat, a total prat. Um, oh, but you know what? I like a bit of theatre. Like if you go to Bruges or somewhere, you have, you have a bit of quack. Um, yeah. I love it. Oh, that's fine. That, but that's uh, and tradition and that's designed. You know what you're getting. Mm. It's, it's, part, hard of the, it's part of the uh, ceremony of it. Yes. But when you order a cocktail and you just want to have a drink... By all means, you know, make it look nice, make it smell nice, present it well, but don't put it in a glass pipe where you look like like idiot colonel. Ben really Uh, did look very uncomfortable with his drink. And the bar was full of 20-year-olds as well. Unfortunately not. I was really annoyed about it. But there were a lot of young ladies and Ben did not look cool. Weirdly, Uh, this week, I was considering for my swallow doing a Cosmo. Okay. You just keep it simple. Yes. Keep it classic. Mm. Is it naff? No, no, Cosmopolitan made well is a good I love drink. It. Every yeah. week we've got a lovely um, bar in my village. Every Friday, it's my little treat. I go down and have a Cosmo. Cram, there you go. Cram and the I juice thought I'd well, just stick to wine. Uh, <laughs> Very good for you. Good, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, good for your bits. So it's more this idea that you don't know what you're ordering. It's on a menu. It doesn't say it comes in that glass. It takes ages to arrive. And the next phase of that is this new bar in Chelsea where you have to enter a code into sort of break a code to get your cocktail, to get the recipe through to the bartender, uh, Morse code and all this utter, frankly, bullshit. (laughs) It's just a a way of making people wait longer, give people more time to make their drinks. It winds me up. People do like a gimmick, though, sometimes. They do, and a lot of people will enjoy that, I'm sure, but I don't, and it's my spit or swallow, and therefore, Sam, I'm saying, piss (laughs) off, I don't want anything to do with that. There we go. So that's my spit or swallow. That's the Good, good. Ben, do you got anything to say about it, positive about my... Yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it, especially, yeah, the... The the theatre of dispense. Oh. Yeah, no it's going a bit too far. So is that what it's called? The theatre of dispense. Well, that's what could be called. Uh, yeah, that's, not, <laughs> a, that's I mean, not an official name. It's your no, no, no. Okay. But that like kind it. of like uh, that's it. what marketing people call yeah. it. Mm. Okay. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Ben McFarland from The Thinking Drinkers, and you're listening to It's The Drink Talking. So that was that, but we're going to move on to our next section now, and we're going to do a tasting, and today's tasting is brought to us by Sam. I'm going to call it Wine O'Clock, and I've got two sparkling wines, so let me give you both a glass. <gasps> Excellent, thank one you. One for you. Actually, that's my favourite one. Give that back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is... <laughs> Well, a cast. I'm she not, is well, actually I'm not, taking I'm, I'm back not worthy of that glass. It looks like the others. I'll okay, live with so you, listeners. We have two sparkling wines. This is always in, uh, induces mild anxiety, opening sparkling wine. Especially when it's pointed at my face. Yeah, Sam. There are um, <laughs> a lot of people get. <laughs> Please, a lot of people <laughs> have died from champagne corks, haven't they? Uh, yeah, it's. Um, a lot. Well, well, well so I did read. One a, person died. In a very highbrow um, publication. That apparently more people die a year from flying champagne corks than from poisonous spider bites. Really? Is it true? I don't know, but I like the story. Yeah. The, uh, also, it's listeners, you should know it. we're in quite a confined room. It's like a box. <laughs> so when this hits the ceiling, it okay. could go anywhere. It's going to be a large game of pong. So I'm just opening the first one. Which is, is there a way okay. to open this, Sam? Thank you, Tom. That's just what I was about to say. Basically, you do want to keep the bottle quite chilled because it stops it... Getting stressed. Yeah, getting stressed. Out. Exploding. And then you want to apparently hold the bottle at 45 degrees away from you, away from your face, away from anyone else's face. I'm doing it under the table. And then you twist the bottle, not the cork. And I don't know if you... Oh, amateur. (laughs) Listeners, it's going everywhere. (laughs) Well, and that is because it's a little bit warm because I brought it on the train up from Ah. Sussex. Um, But I don't know if you heard what's called the lady's sigh as it opened. It's meant to be the sound of a... A lady who's had <laughs> wind. <laughs> just disappointed with her husband. It's just a posh yeah. name for wind. A lady sigh. My wife has a degree of sexual satisfaction. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, okay. I wouldn't recognise that noise. <laughs> Bawdy. It's meant to be just a little whisper. Ah. Anyway, I've now got uh, prosecco all over my hands. Oh, it's prosecco. It's yes. First time you mentioned what it is, Sam. Okay, right. So I like prosecco more than champagne. Is that controversial Why? to say? I think. Perhaps cheaper. because it's <laughs> cheaper, not cheaper, yeah. and it's uh, slightly sweeter. It's not quite so dry and acidic. Is right, that... we'll talk about all of that. Oh, good, good. Um, also, Thank I'd you. like to have a quick conversation about bubbles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I've been doing a bit of reading about bubbles. Okay. They're important, aren't they? Well, they are important. And how many do you think are in a glass of champagne? A glass or a bottle? A glass. Well, it depends how big the glass is. Well, that's the thing. There's basically, I think, no set amount for a number of reasons because I've um, been finding out that actually it's the little marks on glasses that cause the bubbles. So basically, in mm. a fizzy wine, it's carbon dioxide and it's when it touches like random bits on the glass that then you get the bubbles. So in theory, if you had a really, really clean glass, you'd get no bubbles. Well, do you know, it's the same with beer. Traditionally, historically in Britain... When they poured a pint of beer, it would get a big, a natural head. Yeah. 
but that's before dishwashers. And when they started using dishwashers, yep. it actually got rid of all the dirt. And came out all flat. And so it came flat. And so yep. then beer brewers and glass manufacturers had to etch, had to etch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. nucleate the glasses at the bottom and then at the sides to the bubbles to hold on to. There, there we go. go. There um, you go. And then, so the good, way to good, get a good, good, good bubbly info. glass of beer or wine is make sure it's filthy. It's just, yeah, don't yeah, wash don't it. Wash dirty it. glass. Fill it with sand. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, um, so what have we got? Here we've got a Prosecco. Now... Originally, the, it used to be named after the grape, which was called Prosecco, but then they changed it to Glera. Ah. So now Prosecco, we think, is named after a, a name of a town, a village called Prosecco. But the big thing about it is, um, if you look at the colour, it's really pale, and bubbles were also meant to be an indication of, of quality. But the big thing about the difference between Prosecco and Champagne is how it's made. Prosecco is just fermented in a tank. So you get the base still wine, you pop in sugar and yeast to re-ferment it, you trap the carbon dioxide. But because it's just made in a tank, it's just a really straightforward, delicious wine. So mm. um, have we got any flavours or aromas that we're picking up, oh, Jeff? <coughs> here we go. Prosecco. Mm-hmm. Peach. <laughs> Very get, good. I'm getting some peach. Are you really from, getting I peach? genuinely am. Or are you making up? No, no, I that am. That is correct. That's why I said it. I'd say there's normally two, two or three key ones that you often get with Prosecco, which is why it's so delicious. Sort of. Um, I, want, I, I want to say grape. I'll give you a clue. I mean, it when is I quite say... grapey. Not being funny. Like no. there are some grapes that do taste and smell of grape, like yeah. muscat. Mm. Um, it's I say melony or, or I'll something. Give melon. Really? Yes. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> I know my stuff. Peaches and melon. Peaches, melon, and pear. Ah. Potentially, you could swerve in a bit of apricot as well. Mm. But Ooh. they're the key flavors we're looking for because the thing is, it's because it's made in a tank. It's these kind of primary fermentation esters, just these tanky kind of smells that are really delicious and really primary. And let's talk about sweetness now. Intriguingly, here's a question: This prosecco is extra dry. Doesn't seem it. Would you think, if you saw in a bottle of wine, brute or extra dry, which would you think was the driest? Mm, extra dry. Ben, are you... Uh... Well, I'll say brute, but I don't even know what brute means. Okay, so brute means dry. But actually, extra dry is sweeter than brute. Ah. Yeah, it's not very helpful, is it? Yeah, it's not, no. because it would put me off. Yeah, extra so dry, I would... I would. I on would... the bottle here, we've got clearly written extra dry, but actually that's 12 to 17 grams a litre residual sugar, mm. and brute is under 12. There so we go. brute is actually dry. Another reason it's quite tasty is it's a little bit sweet. Mm, I like that about and it. And it's just easy drinking, simple, yeah, made in a tank, the, quite delicious. The tank um, aspect of it, just the shape of the tank... Have an effect on the taste. Does the uh, how much of the yeast? Obviously, you're adding yeast. Yeah, I um, mean it's it's meant to be a really uncomplicated drink. You are literally putting in the yeast and the sugar. But is the yeast to, contributing to the flavour um, at all? Is it no, quite I clean don't think yeast? So, so no, because yeast in beer often gives a sort of fruity. Yeah. No, I think in norm in still wine ferment, certainly for something more aromatic like a Sauvignon, you can add in specific cultured yeasts right. to make it more fruity. But here, it's all about the bubbles and then keeping those primary um, aromas and flavours. And this is from, uh, this is Audi. It's their Prosecco Superiore ah. Extra Dry. How much is that in Audi? I think it's seven ninety nine. Really? That's not bad, is That's it? And, this is, and, it's a yeah. DO, and it's a DOCG. It had that little paper mm. thing on the top. So, so it's it the, top, the top level you can get. Okay. DOCG, DOC is the normal, okay. normal one. And what are we going to try next then, Sam? What's and the... next, we're going to compare a... Champagne right. next to the Prosecco. So you can either um, empty your glass or we've got or some other it. glasses here. Or just I'll just empty it. it into my coffee and mm-hmm. I can drink it later. Mm. 
That is delicious, though. You can see why I really enjoyed that. Uh, Considering we're recording this in the morning, that is a a, a a ringing uh, ring endorsement endorsement of that product. Now, I tend to think you are either a champagne person or a Prosecco person to do with how you like your wines. Do you prefer something a little bit sweeter or something a little bit more acidic? I think the the general palate of the British people is is on the side of sweets, doesn't it? So... Wow, that was a good that one. Nearly went off in Can your I face. Just say that and that's that not the first time I've had to say that. Instructions are forty-five degrees away from your face. That was, was you didn't follow any of the regulations. Degrees. That's because <laughs> that's because I have to admit, and this is going to be quite a little interesting test. I opened this at the weekend. I was gasping for a drink, and I yes. thought I'd pour myself a couple of glasses of champagne as what? you do. <laughs> well, well, How the other half live? Oh well, um, good for you. Anyway, uh, what have we got? Anyway, as you can see, I drank some of it. I left some of it, and that's why I was a bit careless opening it because I've got a champagne stopper on it. Those so, work. Well, we're going to see, aren't mm. we? Because it's basically been open for three days. All right, let's Does give it, it a work? go. That's now, um, you've used a sort of proper professional stopper type thing, but I have been told that if you stick a teaspoon in the top of the bottle, that helps. Bollocks. Is that yeah. bollocks? Yeah, sorry, Eleanor, if you're listening to this. You bought me a beautiful spoon as a gift a couple of weeks ago to put in my champagne. No, it's rubbish. There's a story apparently Noel Gallagher tells about Liam Gallagher. Liam Gallagher went round to Noel's house Glass. and um, saw a teaspoon in a bottle of champagne and said, what are you doing? What's that in there for? And Noel said, well, it helps keep it fresh. Next time Noel went round to Liam's house, he opened the fridge and he saw a teaspoon in a pint of milk. <laughs> Very good. I thought you were about to say something else there. <clears throat> like he'd put up his bottom or something and put it back. <laughs> no, no, no. 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 Whoa. <laughs> no, it's not that kind of podcast. Come on, Sam. Um, well, maybe it is. We can work that out as we they go. They don't like each other, do they? I thought maybe he's going to do something mm. nasty. So, as you can see, the bubbles have been retained beautifully the last few yeah, days. I think the do bubbles you know are better busy. in this one. Well, they should be, because mm. the key difference between champagne and Prosecco is, drumroll, While Prosecco is made in a tank, champagne is made in this actual bottle. Right. So it's re-fermented in this actual physical bottle. And what they do is they put the yeast and the sugar into the bottle and it re-ferments and then the yeast die when they've eaten all the sugar. And they, do they twist it? Yeah, hold your horses. Okay, sorry. And then the yeast die and they fall to the bottom of the bottle. Right. Then they, t- they twist it. They do the, and that's the riddling. Is it degorgement? No, that comes later again. Oh, okay. Old right. horses. Okay. This is the riddling where you turn it and then it's the contact of the wine with the dead yeast for a period of time that imbues these yeasty, biscuity notes okay. into the champagne. So it's a completely different animal. So if you mm. look at it, the colour is deeper. The bubbles are smaller. Mm. But if we taste it, it should be a lot... Sort of pear, melon, peach, the three uh, flavours we... Frankly, amazingly, I managed to identify. Not so much for you. No, I mean, it's got a tart, almost like a rhubarb. Mm. See, I like thing going on. But I I mean, I'm a champagne person. Mm. The funny thing is, this is the sort of thing that's served up at a wedding, and everyone drinks it first thing, and then there's a bit of a break before they Mm. eat, and everyone's breath stinks. (laughs) Because this is all they've had and it's dried their mouth out. And there's, you know, I don't, know, I don't know what it is, but you're absolutely correct. Champagne breath, definitely a it's thing. It's awful, isn't it? And I don't... Is it dehydration? I would imagine it is, yeah. It's really taken a lot, all the moisture out of my mouth. Compared to the Prosecco, which is softer and sweeter, I don't appreciate that. I love it. Mm. Yeasty, nutty, and you can taste it for a lot longer yeah, that's true. than the one before. I definitely feel it's a more I complex... Prose- I think the Prosecco was nice. Yeah. It's a bit baby sham. Yeah, it's no, uh, no, maybe that's why I like it. What's wrong with baby sham? My wow. granny used to love a baby sham. Yeah, wow. yeah. Christmas Sounds Day, like I, I come. 
I love this, but they're completely different on almost completely different occasions. And this is another Audi one, and it's their Vauve Morsini, and it retails between... Uh, oh, well, let's, let's, let's ask you chaps. How much do you reckon this costs? Well, I, again, we can always undermine your question when you <laughs> when you put it to us like that. Three quid? No, it's not three quid, is it? Um, I'd say 12 quid. I think um, they've gone for under the £10 barrier to try and get people to buy it. Well, last time I looked, it was exactly that, nine ninety nine. Wow. Uh, and it, it used to be £10.99, and it's nine ninety nine. I'm not quite sure what it is currently, but I'd say that it's an amazing glass of wine for a tenner. I very agree. Good. Um, very, very good. So basically, I'm champagne, you're champagne, Ben. Yeah. Tom, you prefer the Prosecco. Yeah, but I think there's, there's some sparkles for everyone. I mean, we haven't even tried carbon. And today, you still so. haven't answered the question. You oh, asked yeah. me a question, how many bubbles in a glass oh, yeah. of champagne? You went, well, it depends how dirty it is. Is yeah. that the answer? Kind of. I mean... Um, well, about, I'll ask you this. About a million. What? Apparently, it's meant to be about a million. Well, in a glass? Yeah. Well, how many, how many bubbles yeah. in a bottle of champagne? And well, I know this. Well, if there's, one, well, if there's, there's a million in a glass, glass... And there's six glasses, Einstein. <laughs> That's just maths, mate. <laughs> it's just... I'm not letting you do our uh... accounts. Okay, can I just say, I read... <laughs> if you think on. that's a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> I, read, I read about three different the answers there. I, had, oh. I read 47 million, 15 to 20 million... And six million. They are so what I'm saying is, it's a load of rubbish. Yes, it's nonsense. It's difficult to count, aren't they? They're and they're quite hard to count. Well, um, so that's go. my tasting. Brilliant um, tasting, Sam. I really enjoyed that, and, uh, and the bubbles have gone to my head a little bit. So it uh, should make the next bit even more interesting. And the next bit is our Legends of Liquor. Every week Ooh. we're going to have a Legend of Liquor. This can be someone who's <clears> alive or dead, a historic figure or someone who's working in the world of drinks, a producer maybe, or just a, an actor or a comedian or a historic figure who's done great things and enjoyed a drink, a legend of liquor. And they're going to be focusing on beer, wines and spirits over the weeks. Today we have Ben and he has his beer legend of liquor. So who is it, Ben? Yes, well, we're delving deep into the uh, the annals of time <laughs> and we are going to be... Annals. Uh, <laughs> It's that spoon story coming back. <laughs> and um, no, we're going to be talking about a wonderful lady. Ooh, it's a lady. Ladies, ladies in beer? Absolutely Surely not, Ben. Uh, this lady is a 12th century nun called Hildegard of Bingen. And Hildegard wasn't merely a nun. She was like a sort of medieval multitasker who was sort of fought the feminist fight back then when women didn't really do that kind of thing. They were sort of not allowed to do much. But she was an amazing woman. While her peers sort of passed the time praying and pottering about the convent, Bingham became a seriously big deal in 12th century Europe and was assisted with several strings to her bow. She was a prophet, a poet. She was a marvellous medieval musician and composer. She penned highly influential theological treatises on everything from rocks and religion to trees and tinctures. She was like a kind of medieval version of Caitlin Moran, Kate Bush, (laughs) Sister Wendy Beckett. R.I.P. Oh. We all miss oh. her. And uh, Rachel Riley of Countdown. <laughs> all rolled into one. Well, Famously, I think, she was the first person, either male or female, to write about the fictional female orgasm. Hey, yeah. A nun? A nun. I don't know. That's don't know what none she of her business. To. Although well, she would have spent a lot of time alone. Say? I would like to hear what she had to say. Because... Um, Neither Tom or I recognise this. I might not, to be fair. <laughs> when, uh, so this, bear in mind, this is the 12th sir. century. So this is long time ago. So this is the 1100s. Right. Okay. Yep. When a woman is making love with a man, a sense of heat in her brain, which brings with it sensual delight, 
communicates the taste of that delight during the act and summons forth the omission of the man's seed. Wow. That's what happened. I'd like to know is... Why is it relevant to this podcast? No. <laughs> seeds, okay. seeds make what I'd like plants. to know. No, is what's a... None. ...religious lady doing writing about carnal pleasures? Well, I... I, yeah, I can't answer it. It's a long time ago. She's de- she died. And, I, and yes, what is the relevance to this podcast? Well, the relevance is to the podcast is that it was... Hildegard was also an accomplished home brewer. She brewed home beer. A lot of the brewing back then would have been done by women. It was seen as part of uh, providing food and domestic chores. And the first commercial brewers were monks and nuns. Like Um, Tom Perignon. There we go. Mm. St. Benedict, he was a brewer, wasn't he? Mm. So um, brewing beer was obviously safer than water back then. I mean, water wasn't quite as riddled with disease as everyone thinks, that you could drink it safely if you boiled it. But beer was uh, something that people did drink to stay healthy. She downed a daily ration of heartily hot beer, uh, well, every day. Daily. Um, a daily <laughs> ration every day, until she died at 81 in 1179. Good. Wow, that's the equivalent of yeah, like 150 yeah. today. Yeah, that's an old she age. Her, and she reckons she only really saw the light at age 42. So, wow. oh. so that's why all... she knew about orgasms because yeah. she was mucking about uh, before... prior to the conversion. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's why she got into heaven. No, no, she's always a nun. No, but she was always mucking about. Yeah, she's mucking around. <laughs> Just yeah, alone. What she going to do? She liked spelt bread. Not Ooh, really. Very trendy. How, do you, how do you spell that? Spelt. <laughs> and she also believed that beer was most wholesome and pleasing to God. And she was the first person to write about hops in brewing. Oh. She wrote loads of books about gardening and herbs and things like that. And in Physica, the second vast volume of her famous medical work, Liber Subtiltatum Divarsum Naturum Creaturum. Whoa. I did Latin at school. <laughs> Matella Estinculina. What does that mean? You failed. <laughs> Matella is in the kitchen. Um, she did dedicated chapter 61 to Concerning the Hop and talked about its preservative powers. I'll read you this passage Not in Latin, about hops. Please do. It's not as good as the one about I'm always orgasms. interested in your passages, Ben. It is warm and dry and has a moderate moisture. We're back to the... And it's not very useful in benefiting man. Mm, yeah. is, is this about the hops? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it makes melancholy grow in men and makes the soul of man sad and weighs down his inner organs. But yet, as a result of its own bitterness, it keeps some putrefications from drinks to which it may be added so that they may last so much longer. Mm. Because hops are preservative. It's interesting because we always think of hops in beer, don't we, Ben? But before hops, they would have been using all sorts of things. I heard the Scots were using nightshade and hemlock. They used nightshade. cow dung. And cow dung. Well, I can only imagine that beer. I think there are some modern sort of hipster craft beer. That does actually Putting taste like shit. <laughs> no, yeah, it does. Come on. No, just don't leave out the nightshade. It's most the key bit there. Yeah, nightshade, hemlock, and that's poison. Poison, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were Scottish, so drink I mean, as Buckfast proves, they yeah. they are happy to drink most things. But uh, still, that's uh, so. So hops weren't really a mainstay of, of brewing until no, until until, this? until about the 15th century, because really ale used to be the word for beer that wasn't hopped. And then when hops were added to ale, it became beer. There we go. So one has hops, one doesn't. Well, they all have have hops. Now, these these days, days, pretty much every 99.9% of beer has hops in it. But hops were a relatively late addition to beer. Mm. Mm. 
they came over from Holland. You could, they, before they would have used seaweed, bog myrtle, pretty much any herbs that they could find to make the beer taste a little better. And, but when they worked out that hops help preserve the beer, They're in business. then that helps. The equivalent of gin botanicals. Yes, yes. well, that's it. Oh. Bog myrtle, these things are actually making their way into gin. Nice, seamless return to the swallow. Yes. That's very interesting, Ben. I, I like Hildegard of Bingen. She's, like she's, she's, she's a very top bird. I mean, she also, if you actually She had look, a finger in a lot of pies. <laughs> Sorry? She had a finger in a lot of pies. Well, she, she did, did write about the orgasm. Yes. Uh. And she, um, no, but she's a bit of a feminist icon. Yeah, I love mm. her. And she talked about beer being safer than water. She said it lends a beautiful colour to the face. Water, however, weakens a person. Wow. So remember that. Steve but that's there, because that of the, the impurities in water. Yeah. Oh, Keep yeah. hydrated These days, yeah. water's That flies good in the face you. of your two litres that are recommended a day. Yeah, nowadays. a little bit. But she did yeah. live till... 81. 81 yeah. in the 12th good century. Innings, yeah. hmm. So Good one. You draw well, your own conclusions. That's uh, our Legend of Liquor. Thank you, Ben. And that uh, brings us to the end of our stunning inaugural podcast, It's the Drink Talking. We hope you've all enjoyed that uh, and it's been useful information poured into your ears. If you enjoyed that and would like to know more, if you have any questions about drink or uh, you want to know more about the things that we've tasted specifically on the show, then please do follow us on social media. Uh, We are Ben and Tom, the Thinking Drinkers, at Thinking Drinks. And Sam at... Of wines. At Mistress of Wine. So there we go. Please do follow us. Not in a dark, weird way. <laughs> Thank you. We'll follow you back. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this podcast and like to learn more about drink, then you can see Ben and Tom, the thinking drinkers, in our live show where we'll be tasting alcohol and making you laugh. We're on tour. We're at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival throughout August and then around the UK and in London. All dates and ticket prices can be found on our website, www.thinkingdrinkers.com. Please buy a ticket, please. And if you want any more wine information, then go to my site, www.themistressofwine.com. Thanks. Please do join us next week when we'll be having a spit or swallow from Sam on wine. Ben will be doing a tasting of beer and I'll be doing a legend of liquor from the spirits world. Thank you for listening and from all of us, goodbye. 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 This was a premiere. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Crew Podcast from 7 Digital.